Hi, I'm Emmy, and this is Shadow Weaving. So, coming up very soon, like we're talking next episode, I'm going to do one of those episodes that I talked about where I give you basically a before and after look of before I do some work and then after so that you can kind of get a sense of the how quick transformation can be and how powerful it can be. But right now, this is like the third full episode, and I did a quick intro into me and what I kind of think maybe this might be. But I wanted to spend some time talking a little bit more about me and why I'm here. Not even necessarily here on this podcast, just here in general is me showing up in this space at this time as a whole. So this really started about three years ago. Um, again, almost exactly like there's something about winter time coming into spring. I'm telling you guys, it's a thing. So about three years ago, I decided that I was going to get into witchcraft and it was going to be a thing and I wasn't going to back out or change my mind or let it fall to the wayside. It was going to be a thing. I decided that I needed some kind of spiritual connection to something and that was it. I don't know if you've ever had that kind of intense, just I'm ready for this moment, but that that's really what it was. And it was divine timing because these things usually are. Um, Cause about three months later, my cat died and I know that probably doesn't seem very big to some people. But for me, it was huge because I had had her for 11 years and not only had I had her for 11 years, but I was 29 at the time, which means that when I got her, I was 18. So if you're not there yet, I had literally not spent a single day as an adult person on this planet without her. And then all of a sudden she was gone and I had to learn how to be an adult without her. That was big. I'm still getting kind of teary eyed talking about it. And it was like three years ago and I've had another cat. Maybe it wasn't three years ago. Maybe it was two. I honestly can't remember anymore. Um, if it happened almost immediately or if I had a buffer of a year. But the point is, within enough time that I was thankful that it happened when it did, I had this life-changing thing and it was, it was a support and I needed it. I needed it real bad. 
because I was super into witchy and woo, I was like, okay, I'm just going to learn about everything. And like many witchy people, I eventually ran into the term shadow work. And I was like, that sounds interesting. What the hell is that? It was really hard to find information. It was so hard. Oh my god. I heard people talking about it, and when I googled, like, I found a little. I found out about Carl Jung, and I found out, like, one of the ways to figure out is to use tarot or to look at an archetype or a villain. And that was it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's a little bit easier to find content now. It definitely is. I am, I will own that. But at the time I was super lost, but I was super fascinated and I was all in. I barely knew anything about it and I was all in. And again, so glad that I did because about a year into my journey, I was like really starting to get the hang of it and to, to have a practice. And I wasn't quite making a ton of progress yet, but I made some and I kind of hit a wall. And then I found Lexi D'Angelo and she was a life coach and she was teaching people about being a coach and NLP and EFT and time techniques and hypnosis and all this other stuff. And I had just hit a wall. I had just hit a wall and then I found someone who was talking about more ways to help people and yourself be happy, basically. I mean, that's what all of this work does. It's, it's all about being happy and empowered and fulfilled. So I was like, um, okay, yes, I'm going to do that. And around the same time, I filled out this random questionnaire from a coach who I didn't even know I was following on Instagram, Monica Frederick, shout out to her, definitely check out her pod- her podcast and like check her out on Instagram and give her some follows because she's amazing and she is definitely part of why I am able to be here today doing what I'm doing is because I worked with her. I did a questionnaire. I got like three free sessions because I did it. I was like, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, I, I just hit a wall and I'm kind of interested in this coaching thing. And it was so amazing just in that first three 
sessions with her that I paid for another six or so. I don't remember. Um, and so, like, all at the same time, I, you know, I hit this wall with my own practice. I find this coach that I start working with. I find this other coach that I want to start working under. And in working with Monica, I realize that what she is doing for me during the sessions is step for step what I had always wanted to be able to do for other people. I just never had any concept of what that was, what it looked like, what it was called. It combines my love of teaching, which is something that I almost went to college for. It combined my love of psychology, which is, again, something I almost went to college for. And it, it did so in a way that made so much more sense than teaching or psychology ever did for me. So that, again, just divine timing. And I started on the life coach journey, started learning all of these amazing tools. And as I'm learning all of these amazing tools and implementing them on myself and to a certain extent others, I'm also learning how it fits into my shadow work practice. And lo and behold, I passed the wall. And when I passed the wall, everything made so much sense. I kept having realization after realization after realization. And it just, it fit. It, all of it fit. It, like, of course, duh. Kind of like when I was seeing my values listed out in hierarchical order, it just, it made sense. For a little bit of background, um, well before I was born, when my mom was in middle school, uh, before I continue, I just want to preface this by saying that this is information that she has shared before on the internet in my other podcasts, Every 98, so I'm not breaking any sort of trust with her by revealing this. Um, when she was in middle school, she was molested by her stepfather. And the thing is, her stepfather was in her life after that. Her mom didn't believe. Um, she was able to get into the foster system regardless, but she wasn't really able to stay there for reasons that if you're really interested in knowing, you can listen to the podcast. Um, but it wasn't great, which is one of the reasons why I, I have certain opinions that I do about adoption and abortion and foster and all of the things, um, that I'm not going to get into on this podcast. But the point being 
he was in her life after that. And he was in my life after that. He was in my brother's lives after that. Luckily, because of what happened and because she went into the foster care system as a part of her returning to their home, he needed to go to therapy. And whatever happened in therapy worked in theory, I guess, possibly, we assume, because nothing ever happened to me or my brothers. But the thing is, from a very young age, I was told about what could happen. And it was, it was for my protection because there were times when I was with my grandparents and there were times when, because my parents were broke and they were both working, I was alone with my grandparents. And because my grandmother also worked, there were times when I was alone with my grandfather, her stepfather. So it was to protect me. It was to tell me what I needed to watch out for. And if anything happened, what I needed to tell. And that's important information to have. It's it's not great information to have at that age, but given the context of the situation, it was important information to have. And whether it was because I was aware or because he was fixed through whatever the psychologist did with him, I was okay. But it did not change the fact that it was pounded into my brain that you can't trust people just because they're older than you. You cannot trust people just because they are family. You cannot trust people just because they say they love you. You cannot trust men, especially. That if men want sex from you, they will take it. And that there is nothing that you can do to stop it. That's a lot. And it never really occurred to me, like, how intense some of that is until it occurred to me how intense some of that is. So I was dealing with a lot of that, and that's kind of where I hit my wall, is just before I realized all of that, just before I got, like, the intensity of that, at, at three, at younger than three, though I didn't really start to conceptualize it until three, that those were the thoughts that really formed who I was. And every moment since then has been building on that because that's what your brain does. Your brain looks for evidence that is true. And when I tell you that I literally never felt safe around a man, even my father, 
which I, there's no reason to not feel safe around my father. But when I tell you that I never felt safe around a man, I mean that I never felt safe. And that's big for shadow and repression too, is we shy away from things that don't feel safe. We specifically avoid things that don't feel safe. And so I was creating this pattern of hiding away any impulse, any behavior, any activity that would put me in a position where I was alone with a man. All of that was dangerous, so all of that had to go. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, and that, that's like really fresh for me. So in the intro, I talked about having trouble accessing and associating to who I was before. Like that stuff's really new. I'm still working through all of that. I'm still trying to accept that I am a sexual person and that I have sexual needs and that they are okay and a bunch of other stuff that goes along with it. Um, so like, that's easy for me to access. That's easy for me to get into. That's why if you can tell, I'm a little, little emotional when I think about it. But when I hit that wall, I'll, I'll try and describe like where I was, the mindset I was in during this time as best as I can to the best of my ability. I was in a job that I hated. Technically, kind of, sort of, I'm still at that job, but that's a long story that I'm not going to get into. But I was in a job that I hated. And I was miserable. There were days when I missed work because I just, I was sobbing. I was sobbing. Like, I would think about the fact that I would have to go into work and it would get me into such an emotional state and such a state of fear and avoidance that I would just bawl and I couldn't. And some of that was like, at the time, I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills because I wasn't making enough money to cover everything. Um, and some of it was that I didn't like what I was doing. Though, at the time, it felt more like it was around the money. And that's another thing that I'm working through is money. Money is big for me. So, just, I was missing work, which is so ironic because I was so stressed about not having enough money that it was making me miss work and I was paid hourly. So every time I missed work, I got less money, which meant that I was 
even less likely to be able to pay my bills, and so on and so forth. And that immediate, like, that immediate fear and frustration did abate a little bit because I was able to get a raise. I basically just went to my boss and was like, I'm looking for a new job because I cannot live on what I'm making. And he was like, whoa, whoa, like, give me a number and I'll talk about it. Uh, So that helped. I wasn't constantly on the verge of mental breakdown, but I got pretty darn close a couple of times. And this isn't to say that I didn't have good things, you know, this, this was like in between when I started getting into, into like witchcraft and all of the things, but um, like this really bad period was before my cat died. Remember, I feel like I was a little off on my timeline. It might have been like a year before that happened. But anyways, it was in between that time when like this specific thing had happened. So I had good things. I had my cat. I had recently met my partner who I've been together with for long enough that I can't remember entirely how long it was because time means nothing to me. That is... Uh, an annoying little thing about me. I cannot keep track of time. COVID has made it worse, but even before that, I was terrible at keeping track of time. Like, I have family who just does not understand how I function in the world because time means nothing to me. So, it was in the middle of all this. I had my partner. I had my cat. Like, I... We were in a house, and while there were things that went wrong with it, sometimes it was still a house. And because of um, the financial position that he was in before I met him, we weren't paying for the house. Except for when things went wrong, which unfortunately was a little often. So, good things. It wasn't all bad, but it still was such... An emotionally taxing, stressful time for me because I had basically been in a trauma state for since I was born, almost. It seriously like because I, I never felt safe. Um, and it. I'd been that way my entire life, and then here I was, coming on 30, and not only had I not done anything to try and fix my mental health state, shy of some initial shadow work where, you know, I hit that wall, uh, not only had I not done anything, but... Now, I was living alone with a man, and I think that triggered a lot for me. Like, I'm pretty sure that triggered a lot for me. So, it was, it was tough. 
It was definitely tough. Um, but again, it's, it's hard to access that state. Like I can access the trauma fairly easily cause I'm not through the woods with that one yet, but the rest of it, like, uh, I know it was tough. I know it was hard because I remember crying and I remember being so upset and I remember how stressed I was. It's just getting there doesn't happen very easily anymore. But since then, I mean, I've been certified, right? I've been certified in EFT and NLP and time techniques and hypnosis and taboo and just being a life coach. And I have, I've worked like layer by layer by layer on feeling safe. And that's kind of where I was able to move past that wall was that, that layered work I was doing on safety. And it definitely has made a huge impact, clearly. Um, it got me to the point where I was feeling uh, so good and confident about my shadow practice that I wanted to tell other people about it. I wanted to show other people how to do it. I wanted to be there to help them with some of the faster transformation aspects. And I would not call myself an expert. I wouldn't. Um, I definitely would not call myself an expert in the witchy area. I think I'm, I have a much better handle on the shadow stuff because that's been pretty much my main focus the whole time. Like I'm in a couple of witchy groups and in one in particular, I've mentioned a couple of times, like, that's my magic. That, that's the magical practice that I go back to over and over and over again. It's, it's the shadow weaving, not just the work, but the identity stuff too. All of that, that's, that's how I connect to to the bigger universe, the collective, whatever. It's how I connect to myself. It's how I change me and my future and how I adjust to fit the world around me. It's, it's my magic. And I, I'm still improving, obviously, in the values. I was talking about some of the ways that I wanted to work on myself that I, I can see very clearly. I haven't done it yet. It's not there. I need to keep at it. And I'm excited to continue because I've seen how much I've changed already and it's such a big difference. And I can see like the end of the tunnel for that trauma 
like, I'm not there yet, and I know I'm not there yet, but I can see how I could be there. And that's huge. Um, I want to take this moment to just say, if you're working on believing something, and you just can't believe the ultimate goal. So let's say, well, let's just use my example for example because it's already there. I, if you had told me, we'll say like five months ago, about-ish, after I kind of realized, oh shit, I don't feel safe. If you had told me then that I needed to say, I believe that I can feel safe around anyone. I would not have been able to do it and believe it. And I guess I still can't because I was just talking about how I could see how I could. Um, One thing that you can do is if you can't believe it just outright without any qualifiers, think of something that you could believe like Well, I can't believe that I can feel safe anywhere, but I do believe that it could be possible to feel safe anywhere, or I do believe that other people feel safe anywhere, and that if they feel safe anywhere, that I could too. Something like that, that's not quite where you're going, but it acknowledges that you're not it, I don't believe that at all, you can kind of start to move yourself closer to where you want to be. And it's also a good, like, roadmap. It's a good way to check in on yourself. Where am I right now? Am I at, I don't believe this at all? No? Okay, where am I? Am I at, I could see how this is a possibility? Yeah? Cool. I made some progress. Awesome. What's the next step? Sometimes I feel safe. That's really simple. Just sometimes. I don't feel safe all the time. I don't feel safe everywhere, but I definitely feel safe sometimes. And then I feel safe everywhere would be the final step. That is called belief bridging. It's very simple, very easy. It's conscious work as opposed to unconscious work. And... As you know, sometimes with repressing, repressing aspects of ourself, we form beliefs that kind of lock it into place and keep it down. Um, we also form beliefs that keep it shameful so that if we do try and dig it up, we feel so icky about it. So part of reversing a belief is believing in its opposite. So if you think about I don't believe I could ever have enough money to travel, for example. Um, Then you want to move to believing its opposite, which is I do believe, right? Or I believe money is bad. The opposite would be I believe money is good. And so you would want to move to its opposite. 
and it's the steps there might be like I could see how maybe money could be good and then sometimes money is definitely good and then okay yeah money is definitely good just like across the board there's nothing bad about it belief bridging super simple one of the quick and easy ways to go from holding something down to letting it go I think I'm going to end here because this has already been the longest episode ever, which isn't saying much because there's only been a few episodes, but thank you. And I'll talk to you soon.